0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of PB in Style. This is the place to be if you are building a business and want your marketing strategies to be clear, consistent, and authentic. On today's episode, I am sharing with you lessons learned over the course of 2018. Now, some of these lessons I learned recently and some of them I learned a while ago, but I really believe that in order for all of us to grow as entrepreneurs, It's important for us to share our lessons with each other so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Welcome to PB and Style, the perfect podcast sandwich where host Andrea Patrick empowers, educates and encourages you to find your inner influencer and personify their brand. She'll have you tapping into your authentic authority and engaging in a real way. Remember, leadership is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy today's dish. Um, you know, as we continue to grow and be better, do better, um, I know you've also heard me say that um, we need to live our value, love ourselves enough to be ourselves, and lead with intention and purpose. And I believe that along our entrepreneurial journey, the lessons we learn um, help us um, to be able to actually live our value because we're learning lessons but then also it allows us to lead with intention and purpose because we've learned valuable lessons that we can then share with others. And so um, I've got five lessons here today that I wanna sort of lay out. There are some stories that go with them um, and um, you might find some of them funny, but all of them um, really make up the sum total of lessons that I've learned throughout this year and we are in what the ninth month uh, headed into the 10th so um, almost a year's worth of lessons and I've got probably what two more months to go and um, gosh I'm sure given all I have coming up in the next couple of months that there will probably be an end of the year lesson or you know I'll probably come back to you in January with some things I've learned as well so I wanna go ahead and get started um, because this might take me a minute. I don't know, I'm hoping I can make this one pretty brief, but either way, um, I think you'll enjoy some of these lessons and find that you may have learned them along the way as well, but didn't realize that they were pearls that you should stash away as valuable. So the first lesson I wanna talk about is Chamber Protocol. And I joined our local chamber of commerce this year. I joined it with um, first my nonprofit, the Unique Friends Foundation. Um, So if you haven't looked that up, check out uniquefriends.org. But I joined with my nonprofit and this lesson came because I just knew, you know, because I had a nonprofit, because businesses are always looking for ways to um, find tax write-offs, I just knew walking into this chamber that people were gonna be falling over themselves trying to get to me and help me and um, uh, find ways to um, to give so that they can have a tax write off. Well, little did I know that I was gonna walk into this chamber meeting and, um, you know, I wasn't gonna be the only, first of all, I wasn't gonna be the only one vying for the affections of these local businesses because. How arrogant or naive, whichever one you want to call it, was I to think that my nonprofit was gonna be the only one because it was such a unique idea. Ha ha, right? Well, it was not. Um, and so I go in thinking, you know, that I was gonna just, you know, people like I said were gonna be falling over themselves to volunteer, to donate, to sponsor and my little feelings got hurt pretty doggone fast. And as someone who helps others develop marketing strategies and 30 seconds elevator pitches, um, which we all know is something that we are doing in chamber meetings, we're sort of pitching our businesses in 30 seconds. It is so difficult to do that for a nonprofit, especially one that you founded yourself and it's founded from a place of passion, a place of experience um, and a place of heart because you want to tell everybody everything about that nonprofit and 30 seconds just does not allow you to do that. So um, that was one of the first challenges. Um, But then also um, what I realized is you know, that this idea of fast business of like this quick turnaround was going to um, be the catalyst that really threw my nonprofit into the forefront and everyone was going to see my cause and fall in love with it and want to work with it. And so the first lesson I learned, like I said, was chamber protocol um, is not about fast business for one. When you go into um, any networking group, um, there are some like expectations that need to be managed. And like I said, one of mine was this idea of fast business. Everyone's gonna fall over themselves to, to work with me and volunteer. And the other one was, I was gonna be the only one with this nonprofit because my nonprofit I feel is such a unique take on um, working with individuals with special needs. It just didn't dawn on me that everyone else wouldn't see it as the fantastic idea that it is. Um, And because I'm dealing with a community of individuals who um, is really undervalued in the community, I thought they would hear my passion, see my passion, and just um, really connect and want to work with me. And so you cannot walk into these networking events. And, and it's funny because as a business owner with my marketing business, I know that, you know, there is a method to the madness of networking groups. Um, but it's amazing how quickly all that stuff sort of falls by the wayside when you think you're doing something for a cause, for a purpose, you're really giving back, It's a, it's philanthropic. You think everyone wants to do that. And so it's just funny how, in my mind, I thought somehow things are gonna be different because it was a nonprofit. So that was the first lesson. The other thing that I sort of determined or figured out in this, um, this lesson of Chamber Protocol was the idea that um, there wasn't like an established sort of unspoken method to this chamber madness right so you under normal circumstances you walk into a networking event you know you have your intentions laid out for what it is for your goals for that meeting you know why you're attending and so you think you're just going to walk in whether it be I need to get 10 cards 15 cards or whether it's I want to find three people who um I could potentially collaborate with, or maybe it's, I just wanna kind of fill out the room and see if this is a group that I'm even interested in continuing to be a part of. But once you decide to stay in that group, it's a good idea to sort of um, figure out what the madness, what the method to that group's madness actually is. And what I learned from My working with this chamber was this. The first thing that I had to do was sit back and listen. I had to listen to the way people interacted with each other when they first walked in, listen to the way they compliment each other during their 30 seconds, because some people didn't even talk about their business during their 30 seconds. They were giving shout outs to other people in the chamber um, for things they had done for them or with them or a referral um, and so it was really understanding the language of that chamber and listening to that language and then um, so that I could speak it myself at some point point. and that is the learning piece that's the next component because as you're listening you are learning about the way everyone is communicating with each other the way they are working with each other the different cliques within the chamber if there are any um, who's the leader who seems to be most, um, admired in the group, who's most endearing people just sort of fall in love with whether their business is like this huge, amazing idea or not. Maybe it's just the person that they've fallen in love with. And regardless of what that person does, you know, everyone loves. So it's about listening to what they're doing, how they're doing, and then learning from that and beginning to, um, look for ways to help so you want to get involved so first you want to listen see what's going on kind of fill out the room you want to learn from what you see and what you hear um, and begin to um, sort of act accordingly and then you want to jump in and um, look for ways to help so what I decided to do was become an ambassador for the chamber and so is it time consuming yes it's 90 days I have to go through um different procedures and trainings and do certain things within the chamber in order for my 90 days to count towards me actually being an ambassador. But um, once I decided to get involved, oh my gosh, people were emailing me. Oh, I'm so excited you're going to be on the ambassador team. And um, I'm really excited to work with you. And things of that nature. So you want to look for ways to get involved. Um, you know, whether it's working at an event they have, whether it's attending a lot of the ribbon cuttings or whether it's other people within the chamber have events and you just go and attend those events. Maybe even ask if you can participate in a volunteer role for another person's event, you will be surprised at the way people will respond to you when you do that. And What ends up happening ultimately is they begin to look at you with endearing eyes as well and you become um, a leader in your own right within that chamber. So um, this first lesson of chamber protocol was a big one and I'm really excited about it. I had sort of gotten um, sort of like down on networking in paid groups because um, I wasn't you know b- years and years ago not recently but I, I just never did see the value especially those that were those exclusive ones where you pay a ton of money to be um, the exclusive person in the group and um, uh, you know it just didn't work out for me so I had sort of gotten the sour taste in my mouth for networking and um, but this chamber has really turned that around and it really provides an opportunity for you to um, build relationships and allow people to know, like, and trust you um, within your community, who are like-minded business owners, entrepreneurs who are really doing good things in the community. So that was my first lesson on chamber protocol. My next lesson was the fact that the warm and fo- the warm and fuzzies are overrated. Um, <laughs> And I learned this lesson because I realized recently working um, on an event for my nonprofit, there was something that one of our chamber members um, was helping me with. And she had an idea to do something that I just did not feel was worth our time. I just did not think it was going to work. I thought it was old school marketing that, you know, no one really um, was going to pay attention to that it just wasn't going to be as effective as I thought it should be. And it was gonna take up a lot of my time and I didn't want to take up that amount of time. And so I just didn't wanna do it. And, but in spite of me not wanting to do it, it was something that she felt very strongly about. And since she was helping me with the event, it was definitely something I wanted to do for her because I wanted her to see me putting forth effort. She was helping me with an event And I wanted her to see me putting forth the effort um, to make the event successful in a way she thought I should put forth effort. Now, obviously, I was putting forth effort in the way I thought was the best to put forth effort. But I wanted to show her that I was willing to do what she wanted me to do so that she felt confident in my, you know, um, my commitment to this event. And so we go out and we're doing this thing. And the whole time I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is such a waste of my time. I could be doing something else. No one's going to care. No one's going to, I'm not going to, this is not going to convert the way I want it to convert. And, um, but I kept doing it even in spite of that feeling of this is not going to work. Hence, this is why I'm saying this lesson is the woman fuzzies aren't, the warm and fuzzies are overrated. I was not feeling the warm and fuzzies. I was not feeling this activity at all. I thought it was a waste of my time. But I kept doing it. something in me said, just keep doing it. When you, um, you know, what you've been doing um, hasn't been working the way you wanted it to. Maybe this is something that is going to yield massive fruit. So just keep Pushing, even though you're not getting the answers you want, you're not seeing the conversion you want at this moment, keep going. I mean, because obviously this is something that's worked for her in the past, and you know, there must be something to it. So despite the way you're feeling about it at the moment, just do it. So I did. And guys, let me just tell you, um, it may not feel like what you're doing is working but it could be the fact that what you, your idea of working or your idea of success in this particular instance, or in that particular instance that you're struggling with, that might be the wrong thing. Like what you think is success, that might be wrong. Not what you're doing is wrong, but what you think you should be doing is wrong. And what you're doing is right. And even though you don't have the warm and fuzzies about what you're doing, does not mean you will not yield massive fruit. Because let me tell you, the day we went out and did this thing that I just did not think we should be doing, we yielded so much fruit. The purpose was to, in my mind, was to get people to attend this fundraiser, to buy or register for this fundraiser. That was what was in my mind, the reasons that I thought we were doing this. That's why I didn't think it was going to work because the activity itself, just I just didn't see how anyone would register to, um, to attend and pay money. And then this random person is just walking in asking them to, I just did not see that as a conversion opportunity. However, the conversion opportunity was not that people would register because what came out of this activity was every prize with the exception of three but every single thing we needed in terms of giveaways in terms of um auction items those things were given to us and i found um talking to some of the business owners that were approached Later, they want to now become certified through our nonprofit based on this activity that I did not want to do. And so, the thing that I thought would have given me the warm and fuzzies, actually being the conversion of people registering for my event, was the wrong thing. That wasn't what that was about. And so, what it was about was this amazing opportunity to get my nonprofit in front of people, get those prizes taken care of, and get people to become certified um, through our nonprofit. And that's what happened. I mean, we—that is exactly what happened. We were able to um, do those things, and so the conversion was different from what I thought it was. The warm and fuzzies, the warm and fuzzies, weren't there, but the fruit was gained on the back end. So. Lesson number two, um, the warm and fuzzies are overrated. So lesson number three is find the conversions all around you. So um, in this, well, let me go to make, make this one the next one. So the next one would be say yes, just say yes. Step outside of your comfort zone, open up your mind, and I promise you, you will see growth. Um, Sort of just like the last lesson where the warm and fuzzies are overrated and I was doing something that I probably would never have done. I would have said no to under any other circumstances. I said yes. I said yes. I did not get the conversions I thought I was supposed to get. However, my nonprofit grew and was the better for it because I did. I said yes. I said yes to something. Um, I opened my mind and I saw growth. So that leads me to lesson number four, which is find the conversions all around you. Another thing that I said yes to that I probably would not have said yes to prior to you know, me learning to say yes or making the decision to say yes um, in the, you know, in the past was I was asked to cover for a friend um, an event, a local event. And it was doing something that it, it was actually using talents that I have that I've done before, but it was using them in a different way that I had never done before. And... I was a little apprehensive about doing it because it was something that I had never done before. And it was my friend asking me to do it, who I know has um, like put on huge events and like done like these huge things, like in all cities and like work with huge influencers. And so I was, I had a little, you know, reservation about doing it because I didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want my first time. Um, combining my skills in this way to negatively affect someone else because I hadn't had a chance to perfect it or you know make it you know y'all know how you are you want stuff to be right you know that's how I am and I don't like to not do things well I realize that there is a period in time where you won't be doing things well you have to learn you have to grow but I don't like those times to be on someone else's dime that's just me but I said yes, and because of that, I was able to find conversions all around me. So I go to this event and I said yes to it, and I, you know, I sort of just relax inside this experience and do the things that I know how to do. But in doing so, I met big time business owners in a city. I met amazing performers that travel all over the world and I was able to interview them. I you know, was able to exchange cards with them. I was able to talk to them about different aspects of their business that they might need help with. I was able to introduce my nonprofit to an entire, entirely new city, um, an entire new crop of people, new crop of potential sponsors and donors. Um, I was able to get access to another complete school district that I can bring my programs to through my nonprofit. Um, And I mean, I learned about um, different aspects of this city that I had absolutely no idea about that's right up the street from my house. And so the conversions were just all around me. Now, let me just sort of put a pin in this and say, you know, sometimes you really have to manage your idea of conversions because conversions do not always mean you get a a dime in your pocket. Conversions mean you might get a line to a dime. And what I mean by that is um, you're building your network of potential customers, potential collaborators, potential referrals, potential champions for you and your business and your brand. And so that is why when I'm talking about clarity, consistency and authenticity, that authenticity piece is so valuable because it allows you to be consistent. And when you're consistent with things, people recognize it and they see, oh, this person is who he or she says she is. And so because of the authenticity that I feel I bring to the table, walking into this experience where I'm combining my skills that I haven't combined in this way in the past, even though it made me nervous, I was still able to walk within this experience with authenticity and provide an organic experience to those around me. I was even complimented during my interview with uh, one of the performers, uh, someone who was just sitting there listening to me interview everyone. She was like, you know, I was just so engaged with your interview, you just did such a good job making me feel like I was listening to just a normal conversation and everything just really flowed. And I was very um, humbled by that. And I was, and, and it, it encouraged me because it just proved to me that what I am teaching you, what I'm talking to you about, what I share with my clients, this authenticity thing, it's a big deal. People want to work with you when they know you, when they want to work with you, when they trust you. Um, And the only way to gain that type of credibility is to be yourself, be authentic and really connect with those who are attracted to your authenticity. And so um, back to the finding a conversion all around you, when you have this authenticity piece, um, it's easy to um, sort of manage the expectations of your circumstances and accept the conversions as they come and recognize them as opportunities sometimes they're opportunities to make money that's your conversion sometimes they are opportunities to grow your network that's your conversion sometimes there are opportunities to recognize things that you don't want to ever do again that could be you know a conversion in a sense as well because you'll you you'll not repeat that you learn that lesson and that was valuable because the lesson itself was the conversion, it was the it was the payment. So let's move on to my final lesson that I wanna share with you guys. And that is, this is a big one. This is one that I just, oh my gosh. I've been running around telling people like for the past month that I feel like a duck where you see me gliding across the water but underneath my feet are pedaling, like they have motors attached to them. And that is because I think I've sort of lost balance. You know, I've got so much going on and I'm a one woman show and um, you know, it's just a lot. So, this last lesson that I'm going to share with you, I'm sure we all know it. We all strive for it. Um, and it is definitely a journey that I don't know if anyone ever achieves, but um, it's definitely always a work in progress. But that is balance, balance, balance. I am working to balance my work life, meaning my business, hence PBN style, be the brand TV, coaching um programs, workshops, all these things that I do, networking groups, balancing that work life with my family life. I've got an awesome husband, three beautiful kids, a dog and a guinea pig <laughs> and friends and you know, balancing that with work and then balancing health. And by health I mean like watching my diet, exercising, you know, really feeding my spiritual health and um, really maintaining emotional health. All these things you have to balance. They're all balls that I'm juggling in the air. And, um, you know, I was watching a, a YouTube video or listening to a TED talk or a podcast, I'm not sure which, but the person that was speaking said, you know, um leaders, industry leaders, when they know they need something for themselves to balance themselves, they they find the time in their day and they carve that time out. And so sometimes that that means morning. If you're a morning person, what that could look like for you is getting up a couple of hours before your family gets up so that you can you know, have your coffee on the sofa doing nothing, just vegging, or you can um, get up and do your Bible study and pray and exercise and just have your quiet time. Um, And sometimes it means you have to add those hours to the beginning of your day. And, you know, you've got to get up and get those things done. I recently watched a video Um, I'll have to find the name of the person. Her name is Jordan, I think, but I just recently started, I just recently subscribed to her channel. But, um, what made me subscribe to it is because she had that whole duck analogy that I have been saying for a month about like paddling, like a, you know, a speedboat under the water. It's like, if you feel that way, she had a plan and it was block scheduling is what she called it. And so, um, I did that to my Google Calendar I sort of block scheduled things out um, so that I had different blocks of time where I did certain things and I made sure that only those certain things were in those blocks of time now I just started this this week so obviously I'm not doing a great job quite yet because you know practice it takes practice Um, but at least now I have like a goal in mind and I'm able to sort of try to stay within that goal Um, and um, so Uh, I really enjoyed this video. And she talked about, uh, like I said, block scheduling, but then she also had a video about meal uh, planning. And so all these things sort of play into my work-life health balance. And so my advice to you is if you are building a business, if you're growing, if you are pivoting your business, if you are scaling up your business, whatever it is you're doing, if you feel like a duck that is just, Everyone on the outside sees you just gliding across the water, but, you know, underneath you are killing yourself to glide gracefully. Um, then, you know, it's time for you to find balance and um, just really think about the time of day that you can use to um, to, to have time for yourself. Um, take control of your calendar with your clients, with your customers, with your workday. Um, don't let people control your calendar you control your calendar that's something I learned when I was working and selling premier jewelry Um, and then like always have some sort of emotional health spiritual health 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 health, physical health routine because when those things are strong um, that's what sort of holds you up in times of struggle so anyway guys that is it for this week's episode of PB in style if you have learned some incredible lessons Um, In these nine months of 2018 that you'd like to share, please, please, please leave your comments below because I want to hear them Um, And then I also want to know what do you want to talk about? Um, I am doing interviews as you know um, And you'll hear those but every now and again I'll come on like I am today and I'll share my little pearls of wisdoms with just me But I want to know what types of things do you want to hear about so shoot me an email um, at uh, info at andreapatrick.com or leave comments below or both and let me know what it is you want to talk about. And I'll be happy to uh, get some of those things on the air. So until next time, please share this podcast with someone you know who could use it um, and make sure to stay tuned for Be The Brand TV that's coming up again this week. And uh, what else do I have? I don't know. I think that's about it. But if you need a strategic marketing audit, be sure to find me on my website. You can schedule that for yourself at andreapatrick.com forward slash audit. I look forward to chatting with you guys next week on PB and Style. Don't forget to join Andrea over on our website where all the deliciousness really happens at andreapatrick.com. You can also find her on Facebook at AF Patrick Consult, Twitter at Andrea F Patrick, LinkedIn at AF Patrick, and Instagram at AF Patrick. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.